Lecture topic. Preparation for Ramadan. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladheena astafa. Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. شهر رمضان الذي انزل فيه القران هدى للناس وبينات من الهدى والفرقان وقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من لم يدع قول الزور والعمل به فليس لله حاجة أن يدع طعامه وشرابه أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم موسوس فتر علماء الكرام رجل زنالدس This is a very great opportunity that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with to sit down for a little while with the purpose of trying to inculcate within our hearts the enthusiasm for the Mubarak month of Ramadan which is on our doorstep this is a very great na'mat and favor of Allah Ta'ala this enthusiasm for the Mubarak month of Ramadan we understand and learn from the hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that when the month of Rajab would dawn when the moon of the month of Rajab would be sighted and upon sighting the moon of the month of Rajab Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam would recite the dua Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Sha'ban wa ballighna Ramadan Ya Allah grant us barakat in the months of Rajab and Sha'ban and enable us to reach the month of Ramadan Now this expression of asking for barakat in the months of Rajab and Shaban and then begging for that bounty to be enabled to reach the month of Ramadan you have to understand it in the context of who is asking for this <coughs> Allah Ta'ala had shown Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the bounties of the Akhirat already and Allah Ta'ala had taken Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on the occasion of Mi'raj to the seven heavens and beyond and where Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with that qurb and closeness which not even the greatest angel had enjoyed so Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had been blessed with that height and that closeness of Allah Ta'ala and having seen with his Mubarak eyes the realities of Akhirat and with all this what would have been the extent of his zeal his desire within him to meet Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala it would have been a tremendously great mujahada for Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to remain in dunya after having seen all this with his eyes and enjoyed that closeness with Allah Ta'ala And in the context of all this, when the month of...
there's so much to take from it, so much to gain for the akhirat, and so much barakat and blessings for even dunya, Ya Allah, I still want to be around for Ramadan. And this is not just something that we should be understanding in the context of Nabi Salaam making this dua, but this was talim for the ummad. This was teaching the ummad that this is the kind of zeal and enthusiasm that should be inculcated for the Mubarak month of Ramadan. We all have occasions, situations that come up in our life which as it gets closer, the excitement builds up. There are things that are earmarked on the calendar sometimes. For somebody it might be his nikah, some date of the nikah was already fixed. So now as that date gets closer, so his excitement now cannot be contained. But that is provided that everything is done in the way that deen requires. So in any case, now that person as that date approaches, his excitement is just going beyond what he can contain. For somebody, it's just some holiday somewhere. Some holiday has been earmarked. So now as the days of that holiday come closer, that child now can't seem to contain himself. He is counting every day. He is counting every hour as the time gets closer. All these things of holidays, etc. Nikah is a very great sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Nikah itself is a very great ibadat. But you're talking about these mundane things which people earmark on their calendars and they cannot even wait for that day to come. And as the day approaches, that excitement just keeps building up. But what is the excitement of these occasions of dunya? This is what we are being taught that that kind of excitement which we find in so many occasions of dunya, far more greater excitement should be felt and should be growing as the Mubarak month of Ramadan approaches. That is what this dua is teaching us. And that is what to be, to be asking Allah Ta'ala, وَبَلِّغْنَا Ramadan. Allah enable us to reach this month. So this is that message in it. And this first part of this dua, Allahumma barik lana, Ya Allah grant us barakat in the months of Rajab and Shaban. When we hear the word barakat, our mind goes in one direction. Our only understanding of barakat generally is barakat in terms of material things. Indeed, barakat is in everything. Barakat, when a person used to get married, his nikah takes place. So the masnoon dua, the dua that Rasulullah would give, Barakallahu fikuma, wa baraka alaykuma, wa jama'a fi khair. Dua for barakat upon barakat. Allah Ta'ala grant you barakat, grant barakat in this union. So barakat upon barakat dua is given at that time too. Person is engaging in uh, some work. So now Nabi Islam thought that that work should start off whatever it is in the early part of the morning. Meaning after the person has completed his Fajr Salah, completed whatever his Ma'amulata, Ishraq is over. That's the time to start off the work. Allahumma barik li ummati fi bukuriha. Nabi Islam was making dua. Ya Allah grant my ummat barakat in the early part of their day. So now whatever work a person will be doing, earning his livelihood, whatever, that's the time of the barakat. Person, whatever he will be engaging in, inshallah, provided it is within the limits of shariat, that's the time to reap the barakat. So in everything, there's barakat to be aspired for. And barakat is actually the thing to aspire for. But all the material things, the barakat in it, 
cannot compare to the barakat in that which enhances a person's deen, enhances his akhirat. On this particular occasion, this dua, do Allah grant us barakat in the months of Rajab and Shaban. This is not referring to material barakat, that too comes in. Like a person builds a window, the window is in order to bring fresh air in. Now he's going to open the window for fresh air, the light is going to come in. It's not going to happen that the fresh air will come in, but light will stay outside because his purpose was to build it for the sake of fresh air. Light will come in. So likewise, here the barakat is actually the barakat of amal. Ya Allah, grant me barakat in these months in such that I can already start engaging in the preparation for Ramadan. I can already start gaining barakat in my amal, in my ibadat, by increasing it, by enhancing it, so that by the time the month of Ramadan comes, I am trained enough to take the maximum. We understand preparation for everything. A person is getting married, while the sunnah is that that nikah should be very, very simple, very quick, no uh, formalities, that is a subject on its own. But generally what happens is, that there is a date fixed, so now the date is somewhere a while away. But now as the time comes closer, there is so much of preparation that go into it. And preparations upon preparations, and such elaborate preparations. Why? Because there is a nikah taking place. And that nikah itself, that is, the nikah in the masjid is barely a few minutes. The actual nikah is barely a few minutes. And then, if there's a walima taking place, that will be a few hours. But for that few minutes and few hours, but there's so much of preparation behind it. And long before time, there'll be, for example, that everything is fine, everything is looking very well, very neat, but sometimes many a person say, no, we'd rather paint the house too. And that couple may not even be living in that house. After they get married, they got their own house to live in. They'll not paint the house also. Then maybe some things are not, haven't been repaired and uh, all whatever has to be done over a long time, things are just little bit in disarray. Now get all this sorted out now, the wedding coming up. So all those things get sorted out. Then even the garden is fine, but no, now we need to just make it a little bit better, enhance it. So get some other flowers and put it inside also. But that, in that house often there's not, nothing going to happen there too, it's all going to happen somewhere else. But all these preparations go, for something that's going to last for, that particular function is going to last for a couple of hours. After that, everyone's going to go home. And most of the time, nothing happens in that place. That couple don't even live there. They got their own place to live. But all this cleaning and spring cleaning and repainting and whatever else happens, all this preparation for that one little few hours. Here, the Mubarak month of Ramadan, such a great month for which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa who saw the reality of Akhirat with his Mubarak eyes. And he's making dua, Ya Allah, enable me to reach that month. What enthusiasm and what preparation should go into it. That excitement should be building up. Unfortunately, our approach to Ramadan, as it gets closer, Ramadan is coming, well, Ramadan is coming. It's like something that now, Allah khair kare now is coming, we've got no option, we have to do it now. So it's like a, either a burden, Oh, it's not a burden, but well, fine, it will come, we'll, we'll do it, what we have to do. And as the days are ticking away, and as it's getting closer to the end of Ramadan, 
Then the excitement is building up. So now Ramadan is finishing. And if the 29th, if perchance the moon wasn't sighted, then it's as if our hearts fell. Now one more day. And we're waiting for Eid tomorrow. And now one more day. Whereas it's another 24 hours of that great rahmat and barakat of the Mubarak month of Ramadan. So this whole thing has to change. That that enthusiasm, that Ramadan is coming like that excitement of those various things earmarked on the calendar. As the days approach, a person can't contain his excitement. So likewise, as the month of Ramadan approaches, a person can't contain his excitement. Then as he prepares for so many things, for that wedding there's preparation, for those holidays there's preparation, for some futile things there's preparation. What about preparation for the great month of Ramadan? That is what Nabi Islam is teaching us in this dua. That ask for this barakat. Barakat in amal. So that the amal builds up to that Mubarak month. Person wants to run the marathon. And at the end of that exercise what he will get? If he makes it in time, he'll get one medal which he can hang on the wall to show off. So anybody comes, we also ran the marathon. Gee, gee, I made it in time. But I know, sorry. He won't even use that medal, it might cost whatever it is, but that's not saleable for him, because it's sentimental value to him. So all he got for pounding the pavements was something to show off with, if he finished off in time. But for that what he has to do, six months in advance he'll be training. Six months in advance he'll be waking up, Allah forbid sometimes a person who was missing Fajr too, but he's waking up before Fajr time now. And he's pounding the pavements whether it's ice cold outside, whether it's blazing hot, but he's now practicing and training, and after six months of it, Allah knows best how long, how much more, or what other, and then so much of sacrifices in terms of what his diet must be, and how many things he must sacrifice in things of what he looks forward to, and all these things go into that training. For what? Because he wants to run one marathon. What's going to achieve out of that? If he makes it in time, one medal to show off with. But all this preparation for it, somebody goes mountain climbing. At the end of the day, what he's going to get? He'll stand on top of the mountain. There's a road to drive up to if you want to. But he can climb up to it. And after all that, but for that, there's so much of effort into it. Things which don't benefit a person, let alone akhirat, even in dunya. Nothing to achieve out of something like this. But people put so much into it. And at the end of the day, they feel very happy about what they did. Can we imagine in the light of these things, where do we stand in terms of putting in that preparation, that training for the Mubarak month of Ramadan? Now if that person wants to run the marathon and he decides to start training one week before, one, two days before, so now he's going to start off the marathon and one kilometer down the road somebody's going to give him a lift and bring him home. See, well, you can't make it. You didn't train. You got no energy, you don't have any strength, so now you rather jump in because he's already collapsing. So the same thing happens with the month of Ramadan unfortunately, that no preparation is made for Ramadan, as a result of which suddenly now the moon of Ramadan was sighted, so now the person, mashallah, got some consciousness, he gets into action, now he hasn't built that stamina up for the Mubarak month. So now one day, two days, the masjid is full, then by the third, fourth day, half the masjid is empty. And then by the seventh, eighth day, the person is waiting for the 27th night to come back. So the whole effort is all now finished flat. 
because there was nothing done beforehand. Now, this is that training we are being taught about by means of this simple dua. That is not just only dua, but with that dua some effort must now start. That from the first day of Rajab, a person for example daily was making ta- this, this reading Guru Chari for example, his daily ma'amul and daily practice was hundred times. So now the first of Rajab has come, he must make it 125 times. Then 10 days in Rajab have gone, make it 150 now. So the end of Rajab make it 175. By the time it's around the first week of Shaban, they're 200. As 15th of Shaban, now he's making 250. By the time it comes to close to Ramadan, he's made it 300. Uh, he's built it up, he'll carry on with at least 300 for Ramadan. He'll be able to make it 400 and 500 in Ramadan. Till out of the Quran Sharif, there was, maybe he was reading just quarter para, he was reading a few pages, and Allah forbid he was reading nothing. So at least he started off with one page. Now every day he's reading one page, or quarter para if he was reading already. Now the first of Rajab comes, he increases it by a few more pages. Then as the days are passing, after one week, two weeks, he's increasing it a little more. Then he's increasing it even more. By the time the month of Ramadan has come, he's built up the pace. Now the person waited for the month of Ramadan to come and now suddenly he says, no, I'm going to start. Before he even starts, it's a few days gone. Now he's still getting used to it. But then half the Ramadan is gone. Now he's already feeling tired. So unfortunately, many a times nowadays, the whole month of Ramadan has gone and many a person hasn't even made one khatam of the Quran Sharif. Which previously was a very far-fetched thing. Previously not going very far behind. Maybe just 25-30 years ago, it was a very far-fetched thing. 30-35 years ago, that a person would only make one khatam. That too was far-fetched. The average person, working person, business person, student, person studying in school, university, wherever, there was a, an environment of Qur'an Sharif. The masjids were buzzing with Qur'an Sharif. After Fajr, you would just see in every place people with Qur'an Sharif. Between Asr and Maghrib, the masjid will be filled with people with Qur'an Sharif. After Zohar, people are not going home for lunch. It's Ramadan. They're not going immediately to their businesses because they normally that time is closed for a while. People are busy with Qur'an Sharif. This was a general thing. You would hear people talking about how much they finished. Even children, young people would be competing in a way. In school breaks, etc., you would, would have seen people with Quran Sharif. This was a general atmosphere. But unfortunately, these things are fast going out. Barely you'll find some people, mashallah, in all those various times, still occupied with Quran Sharif. I still have very clear memories of this, grew up in Stanga in those days and from Madrasa coming to the Masjid door, so you had to walk past the business area and many shops, at that time if it was a quiet day or whatever, as you're passing and you look inside you see the person sitting in the Quran Sharif. You go inside a shop, there's nobody, nothing happening at that time or the person not busy sitting in the Quran Sharif. It was a very common sight. So this was a general thing, even the ladies at home, this was it, Quran Sharif before Fajr, after Fajr, at all, all times, that was the main thing that they would be occupied in. And Qur'an Sharif and Ramadan have a very, very close relationship. Allah Ta'ala describes this in the Qur'an Sharif, Shahru Ramadan, Alladhi Unzila Fihi Al-Qur'an. The month of Ramadan in which the Qur'an Sharif was revealed. It's a very, very close relationship with Ramadan and Qur'an. 
And therefore we find Rasulullah in his Mubarak lifetime, he at the last part of his life, just prior to his demise, he said to Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, every Ramadan, the Jibreel would come and revise the whole Quran Sharif with me. And in this last Ramadan, he revised it twice with me. And this is, I'm taking an indication that my time has come to leave. But the specific month of Ramadan was chosen for this revision. This revision of Quran Sharif for which Jibreel came. And we find in the lives of all the pious people, all the pious predecessors, the Akabir, Mashaykh, etc. Now come Ramadan, it would be dedicated for Quran Sharif. And they would, somebody would make 30 khatams, 40 khatams. Once Hazrat Shaykh Rahmatullah wrote to all those who were associated with him, that I want everybody to keep count of how many khatams they make, and after the month of Ramadan to write up to me and inform me how many khatams they make. So somebody wrote back, made 30 khatams, somebody 35 khatams, somebody 40 khatams. Hazrat Mawla Inam al-Hassan Sahib Rahmatullah was the Amir of Tabligh at that time. He wrote back to say, Alhamdulillah, with the Fazl of Allah Ta'ala, I completed 62 khatams in this Ramadan. 62 khatams in this Ramadan. One khatam in the day, one khatam in the night, one khatam in Taraweeh, and plus one more. Now what dedication to Quran Sharif? So, this is the Mubarak month all about. They build themselves up for that. So this is that preparation, this is that training. Now part of this preparation for the month of Ramadan is to do some kind of that planning in comparison to what happened last year. If a person is looking back, last year in Nalillah, I really wasted so much of time. So much of my time was gone in things which were totally futile. One is, <coughs> even the month of Ramadan, a person now has to continue with his work. Somebody can manage to stop things or reduce things, excellent. That's the ideal thing to do. But many a person won't have that opportunity, he's working somewhere, he has to open his business. So he will still try to trim something here and there to maximize time for the Qur'an Sharif, maximize time for the Masjid. But generally he's going to have to attend to his work, attend to his business, attend to whatever his occupation is. So all that is in his place. But apart from that, there's still so much of time that could have been dedicated to Qur'an Sharif, dedicated to Amal, but we just wild away in other things. So now to think back, last Ramadan, how did my time pass? What was I doing? The weekends, how I passed the weekend? Inna lillah, that weekend actually went on some just, on ride somewhere. I went fishing on weekend of Ramadan. No, no, this year I can't let that happen. This year I have to make sure that that time is used profitably, constructively. Now to do that exercise and compare, to, to, to plan for ahead, in light of what happened in the past. Make istighfar for the past. That istighfar for the past will become a stepping stone to doing better for the future. Unfortunately that too sometimes doesn't happen. That the time that got wasted, which was such a great na'mad of Allah Ta'ala. Can we imagine, my Ustad Hazrat Ma'abda Misa Barakatuhum, to give this beautiful example, that if a person is given one machine, it's above board, everything 100%. The first when as soon as the moon of Ramadan is sighted, or any month for that matter, he's given this machine, manually operated. Each time you turn that handle one time round, one 200 node comes out. Not counterfeit, totally legal. And now each time you turn that handle, one 200 node comes out. 
it takes you 5 seconds, 10 seconds, 1 round, on 200 rand note. So now can we imagine, and the person is told, this is it, you got this one month. After this one month, as soon as the moon is sighted, it's gone. That's it, that's your opportunity. Much more. So there's no stopping at it. Or it's up for deen, then we have had done enough, we already have done so much. Oh now well, alhamdulillah, last year I did so much, a little bit more now, so it's fine, it's enough. But there's so much more, there's so much more that could have been done. And that so much more will bring us so much more for the akhirat. In the akhirat then that reality opens out, in one hadith Rasulullah says, there will be no regret, no regret in Jannat. لَيْسَ يَتَحَسَّرُ عَلَى شَيْءٍ Nothing, no regret, except the regret over that moment of time that passed in dunya, which a person didn't remember Allah Ta'ala. That regret, because if I remembered Allah Ta'ala in that moment also, there would have been so much more for me in Jannat. That regret will stay. Now this is that Mubarak month of Ramadan. The Sahaba, this is what their enthusiasm was. Once they sat and they are with great, uh, in a kind of remorse, that Rasulullah had mentioned prior to them getting into this discussion, they heard from him about the previous Ummats, that somebody had a thousand year lifespan, somebody so such great lifespan, one person thousand years, Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, and what he did in the thousand years so much, somebody thousand years he made jihad, now they are sitting and discussing among themselves with such sorrow in their hearts, our lifespan 60, 70, 80 years, how can we ever compete with them? They had thousand years and spent thousand years striving for the deen of Allah Ta'ala. We got no chance. Now this is what they were feeling very sorrowful about. That to compete with somebody in terms of deen, not feeling envious over anybody, but he is doing so much in deen, I can also try. And I can try and do better than him, to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. This is the sign of Rijalul Akhirah. People of the Akhirat. People whose aspiration is Akhirat. That they see somebody doing good in deen, they want to also do good in deen. And they feel, feel left out if they are not managing to do what that person is doing. Making dua for him also. Allah Ta'ala give him even more. But why am I getting left out? One person was a blacksmith, ironmonger. And he passed away. When he passed away, somebody saw him in a dream. Well, actually, Abdullah bin Mubarak was a very great muhaddis of his time. Very great mujahid, very great muhaddis, and a very, very great scholar. Student of Imam Abu Hanifa, the Ustad of Imam Bukhari, we're talking about such a great personality. He passed away. When he passed away, somebody saw him in a dream. They asked him, how did things go with you? A dream, Allah Ta'ala makes this a means also of sometimes giving a lesson. So I asked him, how did things go with you? So he said, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala forgave me. But I am still envying the rank of that blacksmith that lived opposite me. So this person woke up from the dream and he's thinking about this. It's a dream after all, but he says it seems like there's some meaning to this. Abdullah bin Mubarak, rahmatullahi, person whose life was devoted to deen he would one part of the year engage in jihad one part of the year he would be engaged in his teaching of hadith one year he would go in jihad one year in hajj, in, for hajj 
that Hajj period would take four months. And one, one, the following year, you go four months in jihad. And the rest of the time was engaged in teaching hadith. And a great scholar, very, very great personality. And he's saying, I'm envying the, the rank of that blacksmith who lived opposite me. There is some, something to this. I need to find out. So he travels all the way to the place where Abdullah Mubarak Rahmatullahi lived. He comes to that town, inquires, Abdullah Mubarak, where does he live? He said, oh, he passed away. He said, okay, but where did he live? He said, no, he lived a certain place. Pointed out the house to him. He says, who, anybody lived across, one blacksmith used to live across his house, he passed away also. So now this is all tying up somewhere. So he comes to the house of Abdullah Mubarak Rahmatullahi, knocks on the door, so somebody answers from behind the door, the lady answers, says that, is this the house of Abdullah Mubarak? Yes. He passed away. Yes, he passed away. Okay, uh, that was his wife now that was answering. Uh, then he goes to the house of the blacksmith. He says, your husband was the blacksmith? Yes. What was special about him? She said, well, not so special about him. He was an ordinary person, did his work and performed his obligations of deen. That's it. Took care of his family, lived his life. So then he relates his whole dream. That Abdullah Mubarak Rahmatullah is such a great personality. I saw him in a dream and he's saying he's envying the lot of the blacksmith that lived across him. There must have been something special about him. So then when he relates this, so she responds from behind the parda and says, well if that's what you are saying, then we'll, there were two things in him. There were two things that were very outstanding in him. One was, he was a blacksmith, iron monger, and everything in those times was done manually. So now that furnace, the whole day now goes in front of that furnace, that blazing fire, now that iron, somebody wants to make something, so that raw iron will now be placed in that blazing fire, and then when it is red hot, then while it is hot, it will be stamped quickly with that mallet to shape it up into whatever it's meant to be shaped into. Now imagining that standing at that furnace all the time and then that fumes and smoke and whatever so she says that while he would be busy with all this and now he's held that iron for such a long time now maybe five minutes you could stand and wait for it before it is red hot because then you can now quickly shape it and after all that now he's raised that mallet to start stamping so now it's a very that five minutes is a very big job because that five minutes in front of that blazing fire and now you just got it ready to do it quickly. She says, but he raised that mallet and at that time the azan commenced. He would keep that mallet from there down that the caller of my rub has called. And he would immediately proceed to the house of Allah. That the caller of my rub has called. Now I cannot continue with this. So that was one. The second thing was that he would come home after Isha every night and then he would get involved in some little bit of amal, if you are a or whatever. And then he would come out of the house or look through the window. Opposite us was living Abdullah bin Mubarak, and he would after Isha Salah, perhaps on the summer nights, etc., he would get onto the roof of his house, like a roof garden might have, might have been there, flat roof. And in that roof garden, he would stand up in Salah the entire night, beside the Quran Sharif. So he said, my husband would come out and he would look up and then he would say, Ya Allah, I wish I could do this too. 
But I've had a very, very hard day because the kind of work that I do, hard effort. And now tomorrow I have to get back to it. And if I don't sleep the night, I won't be able to manage fulfilling the tasks of the day. I can't do this. But how I wish I could also do this. Now he was not able to do that. That was what he was feeling sorrowful about himself. That I could have competed with him. There might have been others, a lot of dunya around him. But he never felt any sorrow over that. Okay, Allah, this person got a better house than me. That person is driving a better conveyance than me. That person is wearing better clothing than me. That person has got this and that and the other better than me. That never ever occurred to him. What he felt grieved about, Ya Allah, I don't have the energy to do what Abdullah Mubarak is doing. That grieved him. See, he would then express this and go to sleep. And wake up in the last part of the night, make few rakats of the hajjus and then move on to the masjid for salah. That was his amal. His bus, that was it. That was it. He's wishing that he could have done that. Allah Ta'ala gave it to him. He wasn't able to physically do it, but he was so sincere in that desire. That Allah Ta'ala gave it to him and gave it to him with full acceptance. So now the personality in the caliber of Abdullah bin Mubarak is envying his position. Now these are the Rijalul Akhirah, people of Akhirat. They aspired for Akhirat. And they wanted to compete with one another in Akhirat. In aspects of Deen. Dunya, that didn't take their attention. That wasn't something that caught their eye. Somebody got this or that, so I should have it also. And how can I get left behind? No, no, no. That they didn't feel anything about. Whatever Allah Ta'ala blessed them with, they made shukar. They used the na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. We're grateful for it and that's it. They didn't have that aspiration of dunya. Aspiration was for akhirat. This was the excitement. And as this excitement builds up, then as we see these personalities, when the time comes for them to leave dunya, that aspiration just comes to its peak. Then they are, like that bird is trying to fly out of that cage. It's not just being held back. Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala it is his last moments. And his last moments, what he's saying, Wa tarabah, wa tarabah. Like a person can't, can't contain his excitement. Wa tarabah, subhanallah. Where am I heading to? Ghadan nalqal ahibba, Muhammadan wa hizba. Tomorrow I'm going to meet all my beloved personalities. I'm going to meet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I'm going to meet the sahaba. Subhanallah, where am I heading to? He cannot contain himself. That I'm going on to meet Allah ta'ala. To meet Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To meet the companions of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But they live their lives with that aspiration of akhirat. So now as that last moment dawned, they were so eager to go. They were so full of enthusiasm. So now we have to show that eagerness for amal. That's the starting point. That eagerness for that which takes a person to that jannat. Allahumma barik lana fi rajaba wa sha'ban. That barakat is in amal. Primarily this is what the barakat in this occasion is. That a person now starts building up, starts increasing his tilawat, starts increasing his tasbihat, starts increasing the good amal, starts doing whatever other good actions he can do more. A lot of increase in time in dua. The month of Ramadan is a time, special time of dua. But if a person hasn't built up dua, then even the month of Ramadan is tired of making dua. Makes dua one time, two times tired. Because he didn't build it up. That there's such such great moments in that Mubarak month and moments of dua dua upon dua 
But this also requires now that in already now a person is increasing his du'as, he's increasing his nafil salah. He wasn't making, for example, some nafil salah. He's starting somewhere. He's starting somewhere, two rakahs, four rakahs somewhere. Tahajjud salah, now as the days of winter come, it's so much more easier. But if a person can't wake up in the last portion of the night, even after his Isha salah, after his Isha farz is complete, two rakahs sunnah is complete, two more rakahs of nafil, with the niyat of Tiyamul Layl, before the wither, between the sunnah and the wither, two rakats, nafil with the niyat of Qiyamul Layl. This is not exactly the tahajjud of the last part of the night. But the basic benefit of tahajjud, inshallah, I'll get in this too. Kullu ma sulli abad al huwa min al-layl. Every salah, nafil salah, after the isha salah, is also in a way Qiyamul Layl. Those tahajjud is after having slept for a while, and then waking up and engaging in the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. But this two rakats also, the basic rewards and benefits of the Hajjud inshallah will be achieved. What are those great benefits? Nabi Salaam says, Da'bus Salihina Qablakum. No pious person before has gone past without the Hajjud in his life. In other words, this becomes a means of piety also. And Bukafiratun Lisayyat. It is a means of forgiveness of sins. Manhatun anil ism. It becomes a means of protection from sins. Like a person is going in a dangerous place. So now they say, no, you rather wear a bulletproof jacket also. Very dangerous. So now he's wearing his bulletproof. Forget now all the bulletproof jackets. Now we just have to just imagine the world at the moment. The whole world is gone in parda. Let alone the woman gone in parda, even the men have gone in parda. Everything is covering their faces. Because there's some viruses around. So now that virus has become such a issue for every person, that he has to protect himself. But the virus of sins permeating every environment, that protection from that, not that a person mustn't protect himself from physical harms and difficulties, that too is in his place. But more important than that, because that physical harm, a person will protect himself, alhamdulillah, but for how long he's going to remain in dunya? One day he's going to go. After saving himself from all the physical issues also. But sooner or later, one day every person is going. So, not to say that a person mustn't take the, whatever is in his means, to adopt the means to look after himself. That's important. This body is also an amanat from Allah wa ta'ala. But more important, the physical self is the ruh, is the soul. And that gets attacked by the viruses of sin. That environment which is permeated with that sinful virus. Now what, what protection has been taken for that? Now this two rakats, nafil of qiyamul layl, waman hatun anil ism. This becomes a protection. Person becomes punctual on this, punctual on tahajjud salah, at least punctual on this two rakats. Inshallah this will become a protection, done properly, become a protection like that something that's protecting him from the virus, they're wearing that like a, some kind of suit when a person is in that environment from head to toe is covered so that now that virus mustn't catch him this is the protection of the ruh from the viruses of sins so now this practice should start now that a person is making the two rakats at least inshallah the month of Ramadan comes he'll make the hajjud in his time because he's waking up for seri at that time otherwise the person doesn't begin this now He'll wake up for Seri also, there'll be time after Seri also, before Seri, but he won't have the energy to make two rakas also. 
He'll be now either waiting just for the time for Fajr to tick in and make his salah at home and go and sleep, or just make it somehow to the masjid. But the tawfiq of the hadith at that time will be still very difficult. But now he's built it up from now, made some effort, put some pressure on his nafs, and built it up. At that time it becomes very easy to now continue with more. Because now he's building that enthusiasm, building that zeal, by increasing his tilawat, increasing his dua, increasing his nawafil, increasing his tasbihat. So all this has to be done to inculcate the zeal. One of the very important things to be done is this beautiful book, Fazail Ramadan, Virtues of Ramadan, Mazda Sheikh al Hadith Mazakir Asabrahmatullah. We should be reading it, reading it to our families, making talim of this in our homes, to inculcate the zeal in everybody's heart. All the fazail and the virtues of Ramadan are in there. What is to be attained in this Mubarak month? We, were, we digressed from that discussion of the Sahaba. They were discussing about these people of the past. Somebody thousand years he made jihad. Some, and now they were very, very grieved about this, that we have such, such short lifespans. How we are going to compete? On this grief of theirs, of not being able to compete with those people in deen. Allah Ta'ala revealed, Inna anzalnahu fi laylatil qadr. Ama adraka ma laylatul qadr. Laylatul qadri khayrum min alfi shahr. That you are feeling very grieved and sorrowful about not being able to compete with people with those long lifespans, one night of Qadr, better than a thousand months, not equal, better than a thousand months, which approximately is about 83 years. If a person spent in his life, he got Laylatul Qadr 11 times, 12 times, even if we just take 83 years, 11, 12 times is equivalent to thousand, thousand years already. That is only 83 years if we take that minimum. Allah Ta'ala doesn't say it's equal. Khairum min al-fishahad. Better. How much better? How much a person puts into it? What enthusiasm he's got? So this came on that grief of the Sahaba of not being able to compete with those people. Allah Ta'ala made that a means for the whole Ummah benefiting. But now that enthusiasm has to be built up. So this is that Mubarak month that is coming. We need to start preparing. Many a person before the month of Ramadan comes, preparation in full swing. What preparation? Preparation for Eid. The month of Ramadan didn't start, the preparation for Eid has started. What the person is going to wear on the day of Eid. And what is going to be cooked on the day of Eid. And all the other preparations for the day of Eid, the whole Ramadan goes in it. Shopping here and shopping there. Eid festivals before Ramadan started. Eat bazaars and festivals so that the whole atmosphere is already upside down. And the whole direction is all gone somewhere else. And the month of Ramadan is all wasted in so many other things. Preparing for Eid, Eid is indeed a very great occasion for a mu'min. But the true Eid is for the person who has truly spent Ramadan. Hazrat Shaykh Abdul Qadir Jailani, the great saint of his time and great personality of the Ummah, there are some couplets which are attributed to him. لَيْسَ الْعِيدُ لِمَنْ لَبِسَ الْجَدِيدِ إِنَّمَا الْعِيدُ لِمَنْ أَمِنَ مِنَ الْوَعِيدِ Eid in reality is not for the person who has worn new clothes. Wearing the best that a person owns is sunnah. And if you try to do that, it doesn't have to be new. If he has something new, no problem with it. But the sunnah is that whatever he owns, the best garment he must wear for Eid. Obviously within the limits of Sharia, 
But that best garment itself doesn't make it Eid. That's a sunnah of Eid, mashallah. Eid in reality is liman amina minal wa'id. The person who's conducted himself in Ramadan in such a way that he's gained safety from the warnings of Allah Ta'ala. That he's passed. The month of Ramadan, his report card is showing past. He is now past for him is true Eid. Eid in reality is not for the person who has driven the best conveyance and vehicle that anybody can do Allah forbid sometimes a person sees somebody he doesn't even have iman and he's driving something very very smart the person is envying him what is to be envied in that? anybody can drive that Eid is for the person who has given up sins because that is the real Eid لَيْسَ الْعِيدُ لِمَنْ تَبَخْتَرَ بِالْعُودِ إِنَّمَا الْعِيدُ لِلْتَائِبِ الَّذِي لَا يَعُودِ Eid in reality is not for the person who is now drenched in Ood and best Ithar. To apply Ithar on the day of Eid is Sunnah also. So you should do it, you should make Amal on all these Sunnahs. But that in itself doesn't make it Eid. Eid is لِلْتَائِبِ الَّذِي لَا يَعُودِ For that person who is repented from sins and doesn't return to it. So, لَيْسَ الْعِيدُ لِمَنْ تَزَيَّنَ بِزِينَةِ Eid in reality is not for the person who has adopted the adornments of the world. Got everything decorated, everything in a theme, and everything in a everything keeps getting more and more sophisticated and more and more enhanced in terms of all the decorations of dunya. Has the heart been decorated? Has the heart been decorated with the wealth of taqwa? That is a person for whose Eid. So this is that Eid. Now to make that Eid Eid, that Eid preparation is a very quick thing. That doesn't require any elaborate preparations. First is preparation for Ramadan. First is the preparation for Ramadan, that will make it Eid. Yes, to have the best a person can afford in good food, etc. To fast on the day of Eid is haram. Because the day of Ziyafat, a day when Allah Ta'ala is the host and His servants are the guests. So it's a happy occasion. But the true happiness is for that person who has made that Eid, that kind of Eid, that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with him. But that requires preparation for Ramadan. So, MashaAllah, these are the amal we should try to now start increasing in, inculcating these things in our life. And doing the best we can, increasing in our dua, very importantly, increasing istighfar and making sincere tawbah from now. A person wants to pour something, MashaAllah, zamzam water somebody brought for him, I want to point, there's nothing more valuable than that zamzam. Unfortunately, when things which are of great value become very easily available, that qadr doesn't remain in the heart. That value of it doesn't remain in the heart. Because it's so abundant. But when it is scarce, then a person appreciates it. So nowadays this too has become, mashallah, Allah's fadl, alhamdulillah, that has become much more easily available. But the sad part of it is that that value and qadr of it now has dropped. So now, if sometimes gets wasted, sometimes doesn't even really create any pain in the heart that what has happened. So in any case now, that person now wants to pour that zamzam, what is he going to do first? First he's going to look inside, is this container clean, this glass is clean. If it's not clean, who's going to pour it in there? Forget pouring zamzam which is so valuable, he won't pour water in it too. Plain water. He won't pour anything in it. First he wants to clean it out. After he's cleaned out, now he'll pour. The Mubarak month of Ramadan, our hearts, Allah Ta'ala 
wants to pour all that goodness in the heart. But we have to clean it out first. If we don't clean that heart out, how are we going to receive that goodness? That heart cleaning of that heart is by sincere toba, istighfar. Many a times the month of Ramadan has come and gone, but a person didn't make toba. Alhamdulillah, we made a lot of amal, we did a lot of good, Allah will reward that. But toba didn't get made. For example, a person sits and thinks carefully, what am I doing which Allah is not pleased with? I have these problems in my life. Maybe I am not looking after my gaze. I must make toba from that. I am not looking after my tongue. I am making ghibat. I must make toba from that. I will never do this again. I am not li- looking after my ears. I must make toba from it. I am not making proper shari'i parda. I must make toba from that. I am not doing this or that on the other. Whatever it might be. To sit down and think and make toba from it. This is now the first step to taqwa. For which the whole month of Ramadan is. So this is that preparation for Ramadan. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala grant us that true enthusiasm, that true zeal for this Mubarak month. And as the days get closer, may that zeal and enthusiasm increase. That Allah ta'ala give us the barakat that we start increasing our amal. And inshallah, when the Mubarak month of Ramadan comes, Allah ta'ala keep us till that Mubarak time. Enable us to maximize all the efforts. Take the maximum and gain the forgiveness of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala bless us all with the tawfiq. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين. Why saying we should just make zikr for a few minutes? Inshallah, two three minutes we make some zikr and then do Inshallah. It's reported in the Hadith Sharif. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said a person recites la ilaha illallah hundred times daily Allah ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah what this means is inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation Allah ta'ala will grant him the tawfiq of righteous actions save him from sin this will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah so inshallah we should include this in our ma'amulat from now so that it can increase impact in the month of Ramadan and try to make this a daily practice in our time and space Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. We'll make it for a few minutes now. But we should try and do it hundred times daily, inshaAllah. Beside Guru Sharif. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم نائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم إذا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهم لا إله إلا الله 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 
ഫിറത്തിക് ഫറജ്തഹ ഒലാഹമ്മൻ 
يا ارحم الراحمين يا ارحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر لامتي سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم امه سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم فرج الكرب عن امه سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وارض عنا وتقبل منا وادخلنا الجنه ونجنا من النار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين الحمد لله